0: This
1: is the culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinema Wave podcast. We are back. We are covering the Montclair Film Festival, if you guys didn't already know that, on our social medias. And today we're going to be talking about the first week of films that we saw. Um, I am one of your hosts. My name is Darian Scalimoni. I am joined by Liz Seiko. Hey, hey. I'm also joined by Zach Miller what's up so we're gonna talk about the opening weekend films yes that we saw mm-hmm. um the first one we saw was dream scenario
0: one that we've been, we've been waiting to talk to about see. it
1: uh you guys probably are aware that uh we had a reel that came out a while ago when we were talking about liz and i talked about our most anticipated films for the rest of 2023 yeah.
0: and i had like i had no idea what this was yeah i, mean, I, I, I clearly it, didn't but for either for some reason i couldn't remember the name of it and i was like what are you talking about yeah
1: i clearly didn't either because i miss uh cast uh adam sandler in the movie who was not in the <laughs> film but uh we did have a chance to see it this was the opening night film for montclair film festival and we do want to give a shout out to montclair um for giving us the opportunity to cover the festival and um be media for this this is this has been really big for us we've really love the experience so far uh we all went to montclair state university at one time or another <laughs> yes. so it's a homecoming for all of us um so thank you montclair but uh we're not going to dive too heavy into spoilers or discussion because we'll eventually put out a longer discussion on the channel yeah we'll, we'll do just- no
0: no spoilers on this episode especially because a lot of the films that we've seen haven't actually been out in the public yet um so if you haven't seen any of these you're still good Keep watching yeah, this episode. Keep watching. Keep going. We're
1: basically going to treat this as like a little bit of a short round table where we talk about the films that we had seen as well as just our overall thoughts on the festival so far and what it was like being back in Montclair for all of us. Yeah. Um.
0: So what do you guys think of Dream Scenario just as like an opening night film? Because I feel like for festivals... Opening night is the big kickoff. They want to get a lot of attention going, get a lot of excitement built. Do you think that overall this was a good film to kind of take a step forward with? Or would you, what were your initial thoughts?
2: Um, I Yeah, this festival is really cool. Um, the... Doing Dream Scenario as an opener was really cool. And I know they mentioned that too in the Q&A seminar. Mm-hmm. But um, they wanted to go for something bold. They really have a good wide variety of films that they're showcasing at Montclair. Um, and it's always great that they were able to bring out a lot of the creatives involved, a lot of directors, uh, people in the community. Um, Patrick Wilson is a resident, and Stephen Colbert's wife is the president of um, the actual foundation of the Montclair Film Festival, which is really cool. So She was there. She was representing Stephen um, Colbert. Stephen Colbert is involved, and he'll be there at some point, too. But this was just a really welcoming festival. This is the first time that I've attended it. I don't know about you guys, but this was... A fun experience for just anybody who enjoys movies and it's still got that small town vibe of let's sit in a theater and then let's just all like talk about stuff. They had an after party. It's a very film community in Montclair, which I honestly knew it had its bubble, but I didn't think it was this big and I was really surprised about that. Mm -hmm. And it was very cool to see how it's growing over the last couple of years. So. Yeah, DJ, what did you have to think about it?
1: Yeah, that's I was going to echo echoing what you just said, too, about Montclair in general. Um, It's like a cinephile town, which is really cool. And it's very artistic town. And I thought that the way that they were able to they were very proud of the fact that they were able to bring an A24 project. Not only to the festival, but as an opening night film and have the writer-director Christopher Borgley there to do a quick Q&A afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he was great with the crowd. He literally did crowd work. He, did, he, was so <laughs> he tried to stand up, which is funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought this was a great opening night film uh, because it brought out so many different types of people. So you have... Like the real cinephile film nerds that um, are like big on letterbox, and they're excited to see an A24 film, an art house picture. And uh, there was still that vibe. Like again, Patrick Wilson was in the house to go and support mm-hmm. as was his wife, Dagmar Dominicish from um, from Succession. Yes. Um, they're so, both
0: also on the advisory board. Yeah, for, for Montclair. Montclair film. Mm-hmm. So
1: that was cool to see that they were there to support the film as well. Um, there's the Nicolas Cage fans that are all just like they come out Die in droves, hard fans. yeah, but legit. Because I actually saw on Montclair Film social media, um, the few days uh following the film that there were people with like Nicolas Cage stickers and Nicolas <laughs> Cage shirts that they wore to I the film, it. which is awesome. Um, and overall, I thought that the film had an energy to it that was perfect for like an opening night, it mm-hmm. like really there were really great comedic moments there are really good dark moments um of drama and of like horrific nature uh so as an opening night film i thought it was perfect as a film as a whole it was i really really enjoyed it i think we all did uh but the viewing experience was was really great for me liz what about you
0: i loved it um yeah when they were first starting like the opening night speeches and like thanking the audience and thanking all the staff um I think tom hall is his name the artistic director for montclair film was like i know it's a little risky of a decision to do like a dark comedy but here we are um and yeah i thought it was just a very funny uh different film because sometimes i feel like they try to go a little bit too art housey with the opening Mm -hmm. film and this like you said dj like it was for everybody and i think everybody could take something out of it that they enjoyed um, so I thought it was a great kickoff film.
1: Yeah. Is there um, just overall thoughts on the film? Do you think that this is something that uh, – like do you want to give some broad strokes on what you liked about it without giving away too much?
0: I would say this is Cade, Nicolas Cage's maybe best performance I've ever seen.
1: Wow. wow. Yes, I, that's a big time praise for an Academy Award I, winner. I, uh,
0: Listen, if Cage could win an Oscar for this, I'd I'd back it the whole time. Would
1: you nominate him based on what you've seen so far this year, right now? If if like gun to your head, um, based on what okay, you've seen. Okay, right
0: now, I haven't seen a few other performances that I've heard are big, big named ones. Um, but I just really enjoyed his character because I think he didn't. Um, he just had a lot of dynamic moments. He brought in the comedy without trying to make it like a knee slapper. Um, he made it very real, and he, like, th- I mean, the story is crazy about this man who is literally popping up in people's dreams all over the world. Yeah. Um, And I think that can get a little meta if you have a, some actors on it. They might go into that world of unrealism. Unre- but I think uh, Cage really stuck with it and was like, okay, no, I'm going to come at this as if a regular person was experiencing this um and not make it over the top and just make it very honest performance. Um and I think that's what made the film so great is that a lot of people could relate to the awkward moments that he was experiencing.
2: I was going to add yeah. I'm
0: sorry, go ahead. No, it's go okay. Ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say <laughs> go, Zach. um to kind to kind of <laughs> add to what you were saying too, he leaned into that um, hilarious wackiness that he can bring to a lot of his roles that not a lot of actors nowadays mm-hmm. can do. He just has that flavor to himself and his charisma that is just so eccentric and yeah. so out there that you're like, wow, is this really how he thinks? Or he can he is a chameleon in a lot of ways mm-hmm. too. He can embody so many different roles and personas. It's it's really interesting because he can play the the recluse writer in adaptation, or he can play you know and a truffle uh, farmer yeah like literally and then um national treasure he can play an adventuring like historian (laughs) and then he can can
1: play a hillbilly in raising arizona he's very very multifaceted i think the thing with him sorry to cut you off zach but like going in the direction That his career has gone in Mm -hmm. and now to see this sort of resurgence that's happening with him is like a delight as like as like a legitimate person that really loves film like we all do like people. There's something to him that there, no matter what he does, whether it's direct to DVD or it's direct to streaming, or he's doing something like even kick-ass, where he's playing this character in a comic book film that's more on like that indie comic scene. Mm -hmm. But there's so much like bravado that's brought to that, and there's so much passion behind what he's doing. That's what I appreciated about this, because I do think he was eccentric too, and he had cage isms. Yeah. But there was so much of his character that was just like oh that's that weird dude that's my weird professor professor, yeah yeah Yeah.
2: you like he he just completely embodies this like you know it's like shrunken human being where he's just like oh that that professor that no one takes seriously and then he finally has a purpose in life and then everyone kind of respects him at first Mm -hmm. and then things happen yeah yeah um But also what you were saying, Liz, a little while ago, like earlier in the year, he just pumps out movies because he likes making movies. That's
0: that's it. I think he's just one of those people that's like he finds a kernel in a script and he latches onto that kernel and is like, I don't care if anybody else hates this. I like it. So I'm going to go do it. He reminds me um, very much of like. Uh, Tilda Swinton a little bit uh, mm. that they both do just all of a sudden they pop up in a movie and you're like wait wh- what are they even doing here?
1: They're just willing to do anything. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're very similar just in the roles that they pick too because sometimes they are in very like B movies. And then all of a sudden they're a super side character that you didn't even realize they were going to be portraying. But then they did, they deliver great work at the end of the day. It's super interesting to watch. I mean, not every performance is a plus plus, but they're always giving something new and nuanced.
1: Yeah. I, I think the chemistry between him and Julian Nicholson was really great too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to dive. Like, like I said, we'll put out a full review where you guys can hear our full thoughts eventually. Um, and Christopher Borgley, first stateside film. He's Norwegian, correct? A yep. Norwegian filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see what this guy could do with a bigger budget. I agree. Because yes. I think that he has such an inventive sort of mind and brain that I think he could do whatever he wants to do and he can make it really exciting and really different. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, I thought we had a really great first night. I loved it. That dream scenario. I thought, I thought. Um, like, like you had asked Liz, I think it was like Pretty much the perfect opening night film, even though Tom was a little nervous at the jump. I think that I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't gauge from fellow audience members, but I felt like a lot of people were satisfied with the movie that they got on. Yeah,
0: night. I heard a few rumbles in the audience of people um, uh, not fully satisfied with the ending, um, but. That was just a few people that I heard. So, I mean, I I liked it. I thought overall it was a great film. I also like, I think there were a lot of themes in it that people maybe going into it aren't expecting that it's going to be touched on, Mm -hmm. which I like. I like when you go into a film not fully knowing what it's actually going to be about. And then when you're watching it, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. He has a huge, this is a huge point of view that he's trying to talk about and make the audience walk away with a new like opinion about
1: yeah or even like with with something that is is filled with so much in the middle of Mm -hmm. it but then you walk out with a relatable message and theme yeah that's that takes a lot in a writer to be able to sort of because this movie has you on whiplash a little bit it throws you in a lot of different directions but it really brings you back down to earth in a really Mm -hmm. satisfying conclusion i felt yeah um really good commentary on celebrity and
2: yeah. And in a comedy too, you don't want to overdo the satire on like cultural things and stuff like people really double down on stuff a lot lately mm-hmm. in, in cultural comedies or just like, Oh, let's do like a selfie of this movement. Like they, they do all those like really odd off-putting um, modern takes on stuff. And when it's overdone, it's not good. But in this movie, I felt like it, it just landed at the right spot. So but like you said, we'll go into more details yeah. on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So should we jump to?
0: Yeah, let's our second to, one. I mean, I'd re- I'll rewatch Dream Scenario. I feel like it's yeah, one of those too. films that I I'll be
1: getting it on Blu-ray.
0: Yeah,
1: I love my Blu-ray I'll get like a steel <laughs> I book. Have... Oh, I, <laughs> love a steel book <laughs> I definitely of Dream don't have Scenario. Blu-ray,
0: but <laughs> um, yeah, because I feel like you can't say that about every film. Sometimes it's like, all right, one viewing, got it, good. This one I actually re- will rewatch.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Um, okay, yeah, let's jump into some of the other, uh, things that we've seen in the first week. The other one that, uh, Darian and I saw are, well, why don't you talk about it? So So
1: we saw, yeah, so this was, was this the second night? No, it was Sunday night we went. This
0: is, this was the third night.
1: Yeah, the third night of the festival. So, um, Sunday night, Liz and I had tickets to see Alexander Payne's The Holdovers, um, which is basic premise is Paul Giamatti plays a um a very cranky Mm -hmm. sort of history professor at a um at a at a high school prep prep school for boys and uh it shows the showcases it's basically a three-hander it showcases the relationship with him and a young student there (coughs) excuse me and um divine joy randolph's character which uh, she plays the cook at the school, whose son—and um, again, this is not giving anything away—her son um, passes away in war, and he used to be a student at the prep school. So, yeah, we saw this film Sunday night. Definitely different atmosphere from yeah. opening night. We—I uh, think it—it it wasn't completely sold. I think Dream Scenario was probably sold out I do for too. opening night because um, they, they had
0: the after party
1: yeah they had the after party too which we, which we didn't go we, we didn't, didn't unfortunately have a chance to go to but um, so it was a different vibe for sure and it was it was really cool because I sat down in my seat and there was a guy next to me not like directly next to me but a couple seats in between and he like turned to me and he goes I love Paul Giamatti and I was like this is exactly what I want <laughs> for like, this
0: you're like this is what I've been wanting yeah
1: I, I was like I want a casual movie goer because he like just bought a ticket to just come see the movie okay. at Montclair which is awesome um this movie is one of my favorite of the year. It's probably my favorite Alexander Payne movie ever, which I love The Descendants, so mm-hmm. I was surprised to even say that. Um, but this this whole viewing experience to me was was like exactly what I needed at the right time, and it's I think it's his highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes ever, um, and it's I think it might be the highest of the year. I think I might have seen that. That it's the highest of the year on Rotten Tomatoes right now with critics. Is it really? I think so. So, wow. now th- you might have to fact check me on that. But um, so we saw it Sunday night. I loved it. Um, do you have the name of the young actor in it? Because I'm forgetting. Yes, I have oh. it up.
0: Do you know (laughs) it off the top of your head, Zach? Go for it if you know. Is this a quiz? Is it
2: (laughs) Dominic Sessa? Well,
0: you're right. You're. I mean, wow! I didn't even see that.
2: This is his first performance ever.
1: Like on IMDb, you look at his IMDb page; it's the first credit. He's never done a short film. He's never done. So I thought he uh, did a really good job handling a lot of the weight of the script. Mm -hmm. um, Because I really do feel that it it's a pretty. Even three-hander. Each character gets their own wrap-up, yeah, um, and their own arc that is basically completely closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought he was good, and Paul Giamatti I think is a shoe in for an Oscar nomination. And, and, and if great. he does, if he doesn't get one, then I'm going to be pissed at the Academy. Truthfully, <laughs> honestly, but Liz, go ahead, give me give me your take.
0: Yeah, I thought it was um, I thought it was a good good film. I I enjoyed it. I think um, I think what I was missing compared to you was maybe that emotional connection. Because uh, at the end, they really do try to have that emotional arc go on. And a part of me thinks that I just didn't connect with the main, um, the boy character as much. And I think it's maybe because he is a more green actor. And so I could, I, I, kind of saw through a little bit of his performance. Um, I, I think a little bit in the beginning, he leaned too much into being like the asshole character, which made me not as empathetic uh but overall i mean paul giamatti was everything in this film i think he i think he his performance alone carried this film a lot of the way um and then him and his relationship uh with divine joy right that's her name yeah
1: divine joy randolph um
0: is beautiful because it really shows i just love the dynamic between that relationship Mm. of friends colleagues colleagues without necessarily having to have a romantic relationship.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's not enough of that in in film nowadays. Everyone has to have some sort of
0: It always has to be like a romance. Either
1: is, or, or familial. It's yeah. it's one or the other. Yeah. And there are real relationships in real life where you see people have like deep conversations and quality time spent together. And even more to play to, I don't know if this is also what you're referring to, but two characters of the opposite sex. Like you, yeah. don't, you don't see that very often. No, there's
0: always that level of like, <laughs> ooh, like are they – are do they have sexual chemistry together? And it's just very nice to see a relationship that is purely friendship, that they are able to love each other without having to have that pressure of – being like partners in life. Yeah. Um so I loved that relationship. I think it carried very well throughout the film and actually was almost like the heart of the film a little bit. Um but yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I thought I thought that um artistically it was great. Like beautifully yeah. shot, beautifully um set design was great, the costumes. Uh it just felt very I felt like I was back in like that time frame.
1: Yeah, it put you in a time capsule in 1970. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I thought that they were able to capture that, and even with the little things we talked about this when we were leaving the screening, like uh, they do the old school Miramax mm-hmm. sort of logo bring up, which I think Zach, we've had conversations about things like that too. You really like those little details. Uh, Zach unfortunately, has not seen this movie. He's really looking forward to it.. I'm so, jealous. did we sell
0: you on it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was in. and you guys <laughs> keep getting me in. <laughs> so,
0: it's very fast paced, too. Cool. The um script, it's really. It's very yeah, so witty. so
2: the
1: movie, so the movie runs in at two hours and thirteen minutes, and I okay. didn't feel like cause I was thinking about this afterwards too, because um, I mean, you guys will see in the review, but it's gonna be a high score. But for me, <laughs> I was like, is there any way that I could like really critique this or things that I really didn't like? And I first thing I looked at is the runtime because anytime you have something over two hours, you're like, all right, are there things we could cut out of this? I didn't feel like there was anything you could have necessarily or you wanted to cut out of this yeah. because even if you, there are certain little moments that happen between Giamatti and Sessa's character that mm-hmm. you can because they have a lot of time together, a they lot do. of on screen um, time together there there are moments you could probably cut out but it doesn't build that relationship to the extent that it does and for the people that aren't aware uh the emotional connection that i feel like you were referring to which i talked to you a little bit about afterwards mm-hmm. is i used to be an a high school teacher mm-hmm. and there's an aspect of that relationship that he has with Dominic Sessa's character do you remember, do you have the imdb page up i do what's the, what's the character name uh, his character dominic sessa angus angus the relationship that he has with angus in this movie um I can feel grateful to say in the few years that I did teach, I felt like I was able to manifest similar relationships. Mm -hmm. So there's a moment, which we'll get into in the full review uh, towards the end of the film that really choked me up Mm -hmm. and really got me like emotional about it. And I just felt like it was a perfect encapsulation. Also, not only like the relationship you were talking about with Giamatti and divine, divine joy Randolph's characters, but his relationship um, with, uh, I forgot it again. What's the character? Angus. Thank mm-hmm. you. His relationship with Angus. Angus Tully. Angus Tully. Yes. Yeah. His relationship with Angus um, is a really great portrayal of what like great teacher-student relationships look like mm-hmm. in my eyes. So that was something that like I felt a very personal connection to, which I think might probably boost my score a little bit more than I you. I wanted
0: it. I wanted it to like make me cry and like tear up, and I was ready for it, and then. I just didn't get there. Has anything
1: this year made you cry, or made Uh, you feel that way?
0: Past lives.
1: Past lives. Well, Mm -hmm. past lives is a good one. We all past lives. If you guys didn't already know on this channel, we love, we love. And that's what I
0: wanted. I kind of wanted it to be like, oh my god, like me walking out of the theater, like wiping my eyes. But it is, and
1: it's also, it's also a different sort of thing they're going for, obviously. Too one's a romantic film. Yeah. One is a coming of age sort of dramedy. But, but I felt
0: like they were building it up to that point. Like I felt it. I was like, "Ooh, okay, they're gonna get to a point where okay, I'm I'm gonna f- uh, feel emotionally like affected." And I just feel like the actor didn't get there fully okay. emotionally. That, I, think that's that's fair, I, like, I, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair
1: point. He's like you said. He's very green. He's very
0: green. I think thing. I mean, great work. He carried a whole film practically. He so reminded he me a lot good, of the but... guy. Uh,
1: he reminded me a lot of the kid in White Lotus. He looked a lot like him too. You know what I'm talking about?
0: No, who, wait. Uh, oh, um, wait, in the-, yeah, 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 yeah. in the most recent one? Yes,
1: the most recent okay. season. And uh he looked similar to him, like similar build. One is more Italian, obviously, than the other than the other kid. Um But Dominic Sessa, I mean, that's a real that's a real Italian right there. That's a legit so- Italian name. He but- gave me,
0: um Ezra Miller, Miller vibes. Yeah, I don't know if that's
1: the. I don't know if that's the vibe.
0: I don't know. He gave me that vibe.
1: See, I didn't get that from him.
0: That's the vibe I got.
2: Apparently, he was discovered um, by uh, in a high school program when they were location scouting. Like a he high was school, he, like a prep he, school? in a drama in a drama. in oh, a program. drama! program. Yeah.
0: what a dream. So, that's what all yeah. high school drama kids dream of: is being picked out of the crowd. Rachel well,
1: Zegler Rachel Zegler, yeah, who did West Side Story? Similar, also. Although she auditioned, fan. she's a Jersey name. She auditioned. Native. She did. Mm-hmm. She did. But she was in high school when that... Yeah, wasn't she? I think she was in high she school. She was just once She was <laughs> close. Yeah. But... Um,
0: <laughs> Some people are... For good. <laughs>
1: uh, beautifully directed. Beautifully written. Yeah. Uh, I really... I I really hope he gets a screenplay nomination. Yeah. Um, Based on right now, I would like him to get a Best Director nomination. I don't think he will. I think the field is too strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I but, think there's other
0: ones. Yeah, I think
1: there's other ones. But uh, this was one of my favorites of the year, for sure. Zach, I want to hear... I know you didn't see the film, but I want your like anticipation. Yeah, I want your anticipation uh, for the film.
2: Okay, so I, I really like, like kind of what you guys are saying. I love period pieces like that. I really like intimate character driven stories, same thing with the relationships. I like ever since my first interpretation of it was like, Oh, this is another dead poet society where a teacher is fostering these kids. He's giving them life lessons. He's giving them important, um, relationship stuff like, and obviously they have their own personal lives. They're navigating. So that was my impression from the trailer. I was also, happy to hear just from you guys now that divine joy randolph has more of a role in it than the trailer because the trailer she wasn't really in much of it and i i kind of figured it was giamatti and sessa like the whole time but that's good that it's a three three-hander yeah i was so, like
1: if if you had to break it down by percentages i mean i'd have to think about it i'm not a math person i think that i think that she probably gets a like it's definitely a three hander as a film. She probably gets a little bit less time yeah. than they do. Okay. But a little but bit. it's not but it's a true supporting role. It's not like coming on screen for twenty minutes and not having any story or any arc. Yeah. Like you see she has a really great emotional scene um towards the middle of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh she has great moments and she I think she started as a stand up comic. She has really great moments of, really? of comedy, yeah, with um with Paul Giamatti. So i think you're gonna like it i think i think you're i i hope you do like i like i did i hope you get something out of it like i did but i'm really excited i
0: hope, I hope you get something out
1: of it <laughs> liz you didn't dislike the movie no i
0: liked it i liked it i just wanted to like it as much as you did like well, there's that's a okay. level of me being like oh, I, I didn't, didn't love barbie
1: it. as much as you did
0: yeah i guess
1: it happens <laughs> you don't like comic book films and we still deal with you here <laughs> We put up with you. Yeah, we put up with you. No, that's jokes. Yo, we love you, um, Do you want to talk about the film that you saw or do you want to save that for next?
0: No, I'll talk about it now. I actually just saw um, – uh, I was just at the film festival last night where I saw a documentary called Four Daughters. Um, I didn't know it was a documentary actually going into it because they label it as drama slash documentary. Um, which I think is a little bit interesting, but now that I saw it, I understand why. Uh, uh, and I guess I'll explain a little bit why, because it's not like a huge spoiler. Instead of having it be a straight documentary, they do have um, some of the people that aren't able to be a part of the documentary be played by actors so that the story can be told. Um, and the story just focuses really on um, a family of women. The mother who has four daughters um, And this takes place in which country? I just don't want to. I believe it's an Arabic film. Yeah, it's in Arabic. Um, I just don't remember exactly where it takes place, but it follows the story of a mother whose two daughters out of her four daughters joined and became part of ISIS. Um, And the mother is just telling the life story of kind of her opinion on why her two daughters Joined um, that made that decision, even though she spent her whole life raising these girls to not go with that movement. Um, And it's very interesting seeing the two younger siblings also look back on their lives and comment on why they think their sisters made that decision. Um, And it was just a very beautifully done documentary. Uh, Also just giving insight to like the families that also have to deal with like very close personal things like obviously uh it was just a very emotionally heavy documentary i i would recommend it to a lot of people um that have that want to learn more about some of the families that are over there dealing with this that are actually dealing with this issue also right in their family home
1: yeah i i feel that there's probably an emotional weight to that film that Mm -hmm probably had a had a an effect on the audience as a whole yeah um, I, I think it's hard to when you're connected with somebody whether it's family or whatever it might be like i think of it similar to people that like join cults right mm-hmm. like it's a similar sort of vibe where like you still love that person but they're like a different version of themselves entirely and you don't really know how to necessarily deal with it um and I do, I think the docudrama style is interesting. I yeah. think I think that it doesn't work all the time, but I'm curious to see uh, what her fully realized version and vision for the film was, so.
0: I think it was interesting because um, sometimes when you think of like drama documentary, you think of like, okay, them talking and then it cuts to actors remaking it. Kind of like a little bit like, um, yeah, what is it, life? What is that, what's that network?
1: Lifetime?
0: Lifetime? Yeah. Kind of like that. But it wasn't that at all. This was almost like a behind-the-scenes look into how a documentary is filmed because it was a lot more of the actor who is portraying one of the missing daughters talking to the mother about an experience, and then a camera person is just recording that conversation. So it's not like it was all planned and set up and a scripted documentary. It was more of the... Women sharing their experiences with these actors and then watching the actors try to understand what that real life event was like so it was in- it was interesting and then there were also moments they sh- they actually showed
1: so uh, they were like reenactments
0: reenact it, it's so hard to explain it was a very it was just an interesting take on it because they weren't actually reenacting it was like they were showing the mother telling the actors like they were like filming it but then they the mom would come on and be like no, no no that's not how it happened this is how it happened
1: and then it would go into and
0: then it would just be her explaining how it happened rather than having the actors it show like it
1: stand-ins
0: yeah it was really? so interesting I can't I wow, think that's, you just yeah, need to go very, and see it that's
1: that's that's a little different than what I had thought you were saying when it, you yeah it's not that, that at all.
0: or so interesting like one scene um, there's only one male actor in the whole thing And so there's a scene between the real daughters who are actually going through this and they're having a a fake scene with him. And then all of a sudden he's like, can we cut? Like, I don't want to do this right now. This is becoming too, too much. And then the director's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we need to, we need to stop doing this. And so then they are showing you the behind the scenes of not just filming these scenes, but what they were dealing with, of having the real people on. Yeah, the production of it. Um, so that was interesting, too, because then there's, I mean, morally, it, they kind of got into the morals of documentary also of here you have these women reenacting their real lives. And it's like, is that a little, uh, what word am I looking like messy
2: for? Messy, yeah. like muddy, like murky like, water. Like you're getting, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so they talk talk on that, too, like. Is this a level of, like, like should they just go to therapy instead of us having to do this right now? Like, this clearly is a very emotional, taxing um, moment, and maybe we shouldn't be filming them talking about this. Mm. But then it's the women saying, like, no, 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 we've signed up for this. I want to talk about this so that the world can see our point of view and understand this world and uh, this story. That's so it's really very, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, too, like I've also seen documentaries where they just bring um, the victim or um, a relative and they go to the locations that events happen. Mm-hmm. And then they say, all right, yeah, she was over there and then she shot at this wall. and But it's just one person and it's just yeah. the actual person saying, OK, this happened in this room at this time so when you add a layer of actors to that it it does seem like what is the purpose of that in a mm-hmm. way like what does it really emphasize the story that you're trying to bring bring light of any easier mm-hmm. or is it a creative choice and then yeah it goes into like are you trying to be an artist around an important story and do something that's bold mm-hmm. when it might just be informational and it deserves like Facts, yeah, I guess
0: well, I think that's also the question with documentaries. like are you going into this just to stel- tell a story or are you trying to curve that story to make it like marketable? um because I think that's that's the big thing now too yeah. is like, yeah, you want to there's make definitely
1: out- a trend in documentary production and trying to get more eyeballs on things and mm-hmm. a lot of like even streaming services, like they rush to tell the same story in their own way, yeah, like around the same time, like you'll see like, three documentaries on the same subject come out in like a six month period. Yeah. So I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. It's definitely, they talk a lot about violence, um, a lot about kind of horrible things that happen. So if you go into this, go into it with (laughs) the mental state that it's going to be a heavy, heavy one to watch, but it was great. The director was there at the end of it. They did a small Q and a, um, she, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Nice. Mm-hmm.
2: anything else we got to cover well you got to see it in the brand new claridge seats, oh, right? I did.
0: Yeah. I did. shout out to the claridge because did you you guys went there when we were in college right yeah.
1: i feel like mm-hmm. i did i just don't remember
0: it was the claridge i feel like when we went to college was like the small theater that not many people went to mm-hmm. um like, I feel like they only used two out of the, like, ten theater rooms also when we went. And yeah. now it's beautiful. They have, like, a little, like, a uh, couch bar area, kind what? of. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. It's that they have new, new leather seats. Everything's done. Um, they have a whole area, actually, for Montclair film that's connected to the Claridge where they have like merch that you can buy and stuff like that too it's really nice Let's buy some really merch cool.
2: yeah i want to buy some
1: merch i gotta buy some merch. yeah <laughs> that's awesome but yeah, Montclair um, is cool. cool. It's beautiful. So we've had an awesome experience so far with Montclair Film and the Montclair Film Festival. We're very grateful, like I said earlier in the beginning, that they gave us this opportunity to cover some of these films and even some of the big industry films that are going to be coming out later this year that mm-hmm. might be in awards consideration. And we're excited to talk about them more with you guys over the next couple of weeks. Make sure you guys are checking out on the Instagram. We're uh, putting out content all the time. Probably going to put out some uh, short form content for all the films that we're seeing as well. As the full fledged podcasts um, in due time. We also have the blog cinemawavemedia.blogspot.com where we're starting to put out more content again on there. You could follow us on TikTok and on Facebook as well. We are at CinemaWave Media and then you can also follow us at underscore culture wave media on Instagram as well. Just signing off, I am Darian Scalamoni.
0: I am Liz Sago.
1: I'm Zach Miller. And we'll see you guys next time.